Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. That's two this week. All right, with me today, we have our usual group. We have Lynn Snyder. Hello, everybody. We have Marty Sobo. Hey, all. And we have Angie Fisher. Hello. All right. So we just got off of the WWDC roller coaster. <laughs> Did you guys enjoy the ride? Yes. I'm not even much. sure we're all the way off of it yet. <laughs> it is. Yes. We're coming down. Well, we're right. off of all, all the turns. Maybe we're coming to the back to the station where you get off the ride and, you know, you feel dizzy and all those yeah. things. But um it, it was a great great event we had five days of of uh sessions there were labs there are all kinds of developery things that i did not have enough time to take part in this time we got new developer betas and uh i'm gonna sneak one in here on you guys and talk about this because okay. I, I feel like it's a big deal you no longer need to pay $99 a year to get the developer betas. Mm, That's really free. awesome. That so is awesome. What I would say, Michael, is maybe you can just explain that to maybe people who wouldn't understand that. So previously, you had to have and be enrolled in the Apple Developer Program paid membership to get betas. Now all you have to be is an enrolled Apple developer, which means you get free access to the documentation, videos, and other things, and you can see the betas on the downloads page. Now, I think that still means you're under an NDA. You are not supposed to show off anything in the betas and do demos, which people do anyway, which you know I have mixed feelings about. Yep. But you no longer need to pay that $99 a year to be able to get these developer betas. At first, I was really kind of miffed about this because it's like, well, what's the difference between the developer and public betas now? And why did Apple see the need to do this? And then I thought, you know what? I, I guess I don't care because Microsoft and Apple, I mean, not Apple, Microsoft and Google and others are already doing free betas for insiders. I mean, now Microsoft has their Canary channel where um, you install it and it may not work. You just know those things. So That's like a nightly build type thing. Almost, yeah. Almost. So I would say if you're going to consider doing any of these betas, then hopefully you'll have a second device to put it on and not put it on your main device because there are bugs, there are issues. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes my, things go crazy. So that, I was thinking that exactly that would be my concern. Would it be, would it make unstable software available to people who can't handle instability oh, it does. in their it software? It definitely does. <laughs> I don't want those same people to come back on Apple and be like, well, they let yeah, us this do it. American right. What's so, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you want to play with a new shiny, and I also I also want to stress that it's important not only file bugs, guys. Report what you find. Mm-hmm. Don't just install the new stuff and play with it and then bitch because sorry, right? Sorry, <laughs> right? Exactly. Because things don't work. Mm-hmm. Yes, because that's what I see this every year, and it, it makes me it, like... it, it, it infuriates me. 
Yeah. File things bugs. only get fixed if you report the, the issues that you come report across. Your so you yeah. have to report. Kind of a responsibility it. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, consider yourself like you know, an ex- you're an experimental um, mm-hmm. subject <laughs> in some kind of study, <laughs> and you don't know what's going to happen. And and it's very important to to understand what you're getting into. And now I will say that this year, knock on wood. Um, we are very lucky that beta one is decent. There are problems, but it's decent. When you say Angie, beta one is, is yeah, beta one is quite good. I, I mean, I, mean I, I, you know, I haven't had that crashing thing happen with voice that, that I think I might've had it a couple of times, but not nowhere near like in 16. So that to me is huge. I mean, there are issues, but mm-hmm. they're <laughs> Negligible explosive. compared to that. <laughs> right. I mean, there is problems with, there is problems with keyboards and Braille right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's not like the phone doesn't work or apps. you can get around it. Mm-hmm. I can still use I can still use keyboards and I can still use Braille. Mm-hmm. They're just <laughs> the only Sorry. place where you have a full on you're going in and there's no returning is on the watch. I don't think there's any way to go back once you go forward. And I'm totally fine with that. And I'm going to get to, we'll get to our thoughts about the betas later. But I just find it very interesting that Apple's allowing us to to do this. It's a very un-Apple-like decision. Mm -hmm. Usually they're very secretive about what they allow out, you know, when they do. Uh I mean, you might as well be, these might as well be public betas, even though they're developer betas, guys. Yeah, because I know a lot of times sure. they, on the lists, all of a sudden, someone would say something and it was like, oh, my gosh, they weren't supposed to say that. And I mean, I, I don't know. I guess that's like I, I can imagine like if you're using a beta, you might do that accidentally. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you might just say something and and forget that. Oh, my gosh, I shouldn't have said that. You know? Well, and, and the they've said that you can say things. You just can't show it. Okay. Like I can't like turn on share screen and like start playing around with macOS Sonoma on. And yeah, there are people on Mastodon, blind people who are putting uh, audio files of the betas. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a that, good point too. I never thought of that. Yet. It's ridiculous. That is, that is not what you want to do. No, there's that people who do full on videos of the new operating systems. Is it is that allowed or what's no. the? I think certain people on YouTube are given the go ahead right. because they're YouTube creators. That Apple says, yeah, you can do this. But I've noticed but you, need, you need permission first. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed, like even like I Justine and others, a lot of the things that they show in their videos are already things that Apple showed during the keynote. Hmm. Okay. And that, that's the thing. I think you can't you can't you can't go beyond that point. Mm-hmm. The thing I find really... that's interesting is that you have certain YouTubers who are allowed to do certain things, show certain things, I guess, because they get special permission. Right. But the betas are out there, like we just talked about, for everyone to be able to get now. So how do they not, or anyone else, not just do the same thing? I mean, because there's nothing on any of those other videos that says, you know, that they're allowed to do it for any particular or any certain reason. So, I mean... 
I don't see why other people can't get away with it. And if right. Apple were to go to them and they could say, well, these other 10 people did it. And there was right. no disclaimer saying that I couldn't do it. Well, there, there, oh, go ahead, are the, there is um, a disclaimer. Yeah. I was just going to say, what are the, I guess the, what is the punishment or what is the, for breaking the NDA or whatever it is? I mean, basically you would have your, you could have, you could have your Apple ID turned off. Oh, okay. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It, it's that drastic. And rightfully so. You know, I, yeah. I, so then they huge. would need to read what they're downloading and not just hit, yes, yes, I agree, mm-hmm. I agree, I agree, uh-huh. and just go. When, when I became an Apple developer, when I became an Apple developer, I read through the entire agreement front to back because I, <laughs> I take what Apple says very seriously in those matters because. When, when you become a developer, well, and, and I guess that's kind of the thing, right? With I guess this is why I felt miffed, okay? When I became an Apple developer, that was a privilege. You paid for that privilege, but it was a privilege, right? You are paying, and you're allowed to put things in the store, and Apple can at one point say, even though you're paying, we're taking this out of the store. You know, I almost thought of it as kind of a... You know, when an, when an author writes an, a novel, right, they send it off to publishers and they get their acceptance letter like, yes, we're going to sell your book, right? Or, no, you need to go and make these changes. And that's kind of how it feels when you submit an app to the App Store and it goes through the review process and all these things. It's very similar to that. And when I got that first, your app is ready for sale, that was a very special moment for me. Right. Oh, that'd be be huge. So to be, you know, any random person that can just go in there and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to download the betas because I'm a developer and I get it for free. It's kind of like where we came from. That's just been minimized, I feel like. And um, but this has happened in multiple ways. Right. Because there are those of us that started with dot Mac, the dot Mac program. Oh yeah, where we I had our that. That was great. Our Mac email addresses. I still have mine. So I have mine too. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I still every time someone sees my at mac dot com, they're like, "Whoa, how did you get that?" Mm-hmm. You know. And like you, you can still have your dot your at me dot com address if you want to give that out too. And all of those accounts still work, right? Mm-hmm. But and and you had to pay ninety nine a year for that, right? But now it's just oh yeah. Um, iCloud's free. You you get a free iCloud. You know, it's it's like uh everything we went through as original dot Mac users, it's just like, oh yeah, that's so yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like those of us that started with Apple a long time ago really have a um understanding of where we were compared to where we are and where we're going. Yeah. Right. So I guess it, it just felt more substantial, I guess, mm-hmm, in a way. Mm-hmm. People but took it more seriously. At the same time, I understand why they want to do this because if you have more hands testing uh, the betas and able to submit feedback, then you have less bugs. And that kind of comes down to what we see, especially with accessibility, because I feel like Apple doesn't do the internal testing for accessibility anymore that they used to. Uh, Final Cut and, and Logic Pro have unlabeled buttons, and, and there's unlabeled buttons in a lot of places. 
So if they could give these developer betas to people and say, hey, where are we having problems? And we can right. submit that feedback, then we finally get to have that piece of the pie that Apple has really reserved for their internal staff. And I think that's really where we need to think about this change. Exactly. The more people that use the betas and comment on them, the better off the you know final releases are going to be. Because sometimes when we get a final release, when we get a, um, when we get, a new version of an iOS and you download it or Mac, Mac OS, whatever. And there are glaring bugs. Like what? Are you serious? Why is, you know, why is it messing up people's Wi-Fi or, you know, why is it that not messing up people's Wi-Fi, but, you know, for some reason they can't use their Wi-Fi on their phone (laughs) or stuff like that, that is like so glaring. And it's like, how, how did they miss that or how did they not see some of these really glaring things? And I think you're right, Michael, that the more people that have access to that beta and the betas and are willing to um, do their part and do their job, which is to find and report the bugs, I think you're going to see less bugs. Follow the guidelines in the feedback app as well. Don't don't just go off half cocked and have this emotional. It's not working and it sucks right, kind of response. Right. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Be professional. That feedback app is very useful. So. Yep. Yeah, and you know sometimes make I sure wish you so- can reproduce it. Mm-hmm. I know there are bugs that can't be can't be re- 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 reproduced, but that's important. I kind of wish that there was a way to add the feedback app for stable versions as well because i feel like you know if yeah. if you yeah. are on a stable version and you find a bug there should be a way to report that and they, they they exist on stable versions as well so that'd be great because a lot of the people who have a lot of issues even once the gm comes out and mm-hmm. then moving forward it'd be a great way to report bugs and stuff like that for people just everyday users you know right yeah so you know, that, that one little thing that I thought we'd talk about became a huge thing. <laughs> <laughs> you so, happens a lot, do you? It does <laughs> happen, a, happen. happen a lot, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about an, another thing that's been really big in the news this week that is not WWDC related. Wow, how is that possible? Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, you would not think like... How could there be more tech news that happened this week that's not uh, WWDC related? And that's, um, we have an official word on what's going to happen with the app Apollo, which is a Reddit app for iOS. As of June 30th, the creator of Apollo is shutting down the app. And, and the reason why they're shutting it down is due to the cost of the API mm-hmm. to yep. the cost of the API that Reddit is charging them to continue using it, which is an extravagant number. I believe mm-hmm. it's 20 million. Yes. They just can't do that. So mm-hmm. they're going to just have to shut it down. Yep. And it it's sad for people that have, I mean, he offered a lifetime membership to that. And, you know, one, one thing that we talked about in our, our, uh, uh, we have a, a a technology discussion room that we use for 
uh, a few of us. And we talked about this last night and we said, you know, when you have a lifetime uh, purchase for an app or a service, you're not talking about your lifetime. You're talking about the lifetime of that product. And that could be two months or 20 years. You just never know. Right. So, and that's that's the sad part of it. You know, you just never know. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the things that you have to really look at. Like, okay, if I buy, if say, um, say Ivory had a lifetime uh, subscription of like two hundred dollars, which I that'd be cool. Um, but say they did, Ivory, I think would be okay because Mastodon is not going away. If yeah. something happened to Mastodon, it they would just change something, right? Just change it to be the next thing, right? Because ActivityPub is a protocol that exists among a lot of different application frameworks, right? And it's interesting that you bring up Ivory, actually, because the parent company, the parent company of Ivory, actually had a Twitter app that got shut down due to not being able to, you know, continue using that mm-hmm. app with Twitter because Twitter shut down. Uh, the APIs for third-party apps. And right. The parent company of Ivory was actually one of those. Mm-hmm. And they pivoted, though, and they were able to create Ivory and get that out. And uh, people are really enjoying that app. So. Yeah, yeah and, and I think Mona was the same way, right? Yes. Mona, the, Mona the was company. spring. Mm-hmm. Right. And one thing about this whole thing is you have to look at the service. Like, if you ha- like Twitter, for example, is a centrally owned... Uh, platform ran by the Twitter company. Mastodon is not. So if somebody says, yes, uh, you know, we're going to offer this third-party app for, you know, Reddit, Twitter, other first-party platforms, and you build a third-party app, what is the likelihood of that, that party shutting it down? You never know. It could happen any day, right? But... Mastodon, not so likely because you would have to shut down all of ActivityPub to get that to happen, and that's a lot now. So I think when we do these subscriptions, when we do these services, we need to look at what is the potential, what is the trust factor of that service still allowing this third-party app in the future, right? Yep, because whatever the platform is, whoever controls the platform... Mm-hmm. controls what can happen with that app. And, yes. You know, that's... Especially when you have a company that's creating an app for another service, not their own. Right. right. Exactly. And that that's... That's the reason why I, I'm saying that you really have to be careful with that. And I think that we've learned some valuable lessons, Right. Uh, with these things. So I think it's a shame. The other news is, is that Reddit is going to allow accessibility focused apps to still exist. Now, my question to you out there is what is an accessibility focused app? Is that a good thing? I think it's not because it's, it's Reddit's way of saying, we don't want to deal with accessibility. So you deal with it and we'll just allow that to be free. Right. Because yeah. if you think about it, uh, Apollo was accessible, 
And that was an accessibility app. I mean, it was a mainstream app, but also people that were blind used it. So, you know, what classifies as an accessibility app? Yeah, well, it's well, like interesting. You were saying if you if you took like any app and you said, okay, well, I mean, this say Apollo just took their app and said, okay, well, we're going to change it now. It's going to be for the blind, or it's going to be, you know, how would that? <laughs> could they circumvent the um, API? Unfortunately, no, that? because they've spoken to Reddit directly, and yeah. Reddit is saying you're you're done. You're done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it would be interesting to understand where Reddit's coming from with accessibility. Are they trying to only allow apps that are free that solve an accessibility problem specifically? Or are they just being picky, you know, and playing fair with some and they're just not being nice to others? I think think both of those are really at, at what's at play here. So I think it's a shame. I, I really do. We're we're just going to have to wait and see what happens, right? To know where the uh where people come down on this, because I know a lot of people that are blind are just saying, Nope, no more Reddit. I'm done. Uh-huh. And I know people Which in, which in is main... unfortunate, but in mm-hmm. the scheme of the Reddit readers, like how many people is that really that they're losing you know i mean the blind community goes somewhere else but how much of that loss is going to really affect reddit you know in the retrospect well you know we we say that the blank is going to affect the blind community but a lot of big tech uh people and influencers are leaving reddit as well yeah that's what i was just going to say it seems like the general population of reddit is pretty ticked off as well i mean Mm -hmm. They, there was there was supposed to be a protest. I'm, I'm trying to remember what the dates were. I but think they it was were last all week. Go, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know how successful that was, but they were going to go dark, you know, um, for a few days to mm-hmm. protest. So it's it's not just blind people, and I think Reddit is a pretty opinionated crowd. You know what right. I mean? They're mm-hmm. they're not just people that. I mean, there are people that really have something to say about right. whatever they're talking about. So, Although going dark for a few days, I mean, yeah, I get that and that's good and all, but that doesn't really make it a dent. I mean, if you really want to protest, then you should go dark and not go back to Reddit. If That's right. really what makes the difference because, okay, so people don't go to Reddit for a few days. I mean, what, what and then they go back after a few days. What, what does that really do? You know, right? Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it puts a little dent in maybe their advertising revenue, but and it's yeah. not the users that went dark. It's the subreddits. Like what the they do is they set them as private, so the people cannot go in and even write or read them. They're all private subreddits. Mm-hmm. So that's why they made them private for a few days, so people would say, "We are serious. We mean business." Uh-huh. Yeah, and then there's Mastodon, and what's the other one that's Blue Sky? Well, Blue Sky is still invite-only, and, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be very well known to get an invite still, from what I've been able to tell. Okay. So, so I wonder how their API policy is. I mean... Well, they can't have a policy. Right. 
because Blue Sky is running on the, I mean, their main server can, but they're going to decentralize it one day once they are ready. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't understand, again, why we need Blue Sky's AT protocol and we already have ActivityPub. Right. You know, what? What? why do we need both? But it is what it is, right? So... Well, the one thing about both, which is kind of cool sometimes, is that it then creates some competition and then the uh, bug fixes and the updates and improvements come because there's competition. If there's no competition, then sometimes it just gets stale and there isn't any urgency. Well, I understand that, but when you're talking about open uh open protocols like this you're not talking about competing for money right that's that's the difference here i mean blue sky is definitely a for-profit business but their protocol is an open source from what i understand an open source protocol and anybody will be able to create their own instance of the at protocol and you know uh, basically run their own blue sky server so I don't understand why they can't just make them all activity pub or AT and them just talk to each other because then we would have that that decentralized social network that everybody could use and we wouldn't have Blue Sky or Mastodon or you know others. So do they have the uh, how was their onboarding process for new users? Like- well, I would love to know. But I'm on a wait list, so. Okay. Because, I mean, I I think that's where Mastodon has issues, right, is the onboarding can be a little tough to get people to mm-hmm. pick an well, instance and all that. And people say, what the heck? And they just say, well, forget that. It's- you know, the, the reason why Mastodon is difficult is because it requires more work than just saying, here's your username. Right. You know? Which um, I like. That's what I like about it, actually. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <clears throat> It makes you think a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Discord actually just got rid of the numbers on their usernames. So it's just, you can now go claim your Discord user. Like, I'm Mike Doey's on Discord now. I don't have a number on my account, which is great. And and Discord's getting more popular, and they have voice messages now, so it's pretty neat. So there's so many different platforms now, so it's good stuff. Choice is a great thing. Yeah, it is. Competition choice, yep. So let's talk about, let's start going back into the realm of WWDC. And I want to bring up a a few articles that that were brought to my attention. Uh, Actually, no, there's one other thing I want to mention before we get to that. And that is that uh, Logitech has now... Uh, abandoned the blue microphone brand and they are moving the Yeti and Snowball microphones under the Logitech branding, which I saw that on Amazon a while back. So I, I, this was in the news recently. So I just don't understand what's terribly different. (laughs) I really think that even though Logitech purchased blue a while ago, 
I think that now they're really going to move everything under the Logitech brand and they're not going to use the blue brand anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that they kept the blue brand around for a while just because, for example, like the blue Yeti, that was such a popular microphone that uh, a lot of people, you know, didn't even realize that blue was purchased by Logitech. Mm -hmm. They just kind of kept it out there and people just look for the blue Yeti and they just purchased it, not really knowing you know, about what parent company owns them at this point. Right. But I think now Logitech's going, all right, it's been long enough. We want to start putting everything under the Logitech brand now. So really nothing else is changing except that. I don't even right. think they've changed the uh, mechanics of the microphones really um, since the purchase. They may be starting to change them now moving forward. And maybe the first step in that is, you know, letting everyone know and making it, you know, like a big deal that, hey, we are now Logitech, which owns, you know, these microphones. And maybe once that's out there, maybe they'll start making some updates or some changes to some of the microphones. This is my guess. I'm not saying this is what's happening, but I'm just kind of guessing. Well, you know, I, I looked up the Yeti a few, about a month or two ago, because I'm always curious. I have a Yeti microphone that's like an older one, and they have new colors and new, you know, things like that. So if they had a USB-C Yeti, I would probably pick another one up because I really do like the stereo mode on the Yeti. It sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they were really popular. A lot of people, especially getting into podcasting and stuff like that, for a lot of people, this was their first microphone, mm -hmm. their first decent microphone. So Yeah, let, let's qu clarify decent because I started with the Snowball, and that was not decent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody at Best Buy said, yeah, you'll do great with this. Well, Blue did mm, a really good job okay. of marketing because, you know, Blue, Make a sale. the Blue Yeti, um, even though it wasn't necessarily a great microphone, it was a decent microphone. It sold a lot. I mean, it was just mm -hmm. people who were starting, what should I get? Oh, Blue Yeti. And oh, everybody just had that thing of, back in the yeah. yeah. Well, just more people there. had the Snowball than the Yeti. Not, not as many people had the Yeti. More people had the Snowball. That was kind of the, this is where you start. Like, if you went to Best Buy and you ask, what microphone should I start podcasting with? Most of the time, they'll tell you the Snowball. And the Yeti was the step up from that. Entry-level mic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yep. and you could sound good on the Yeti. You really can. But it's it's tricky. It's not... Uh, it's a good streaming microphone because it can it can do a lot in, with your environment. Th believe it or not, the the microphone that I feel like is closest to the Yeti as far as its performance is the Sennheiser Profile. Mm -hmm. uh, Boy, so that is much better, and it's the actually sound about is the much same. Better. It's actually about the same. If you use a Yeti correctly, you can get about the same amount of sound from it. Um, I've had I'd actually two. never heard of the snowball. Yep. <laughs> but I had heard of the game. Oh, yeah. That thing was huge. It, it it was it's about the size of a softball. And it looked oh, kind of like oh. a softball too. It's a ball. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was like a softball on a stick. Yep. Basically, uh -huh. yep. 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 So it's it's very interesting. So 
I, I would still love to see if they have put USB-C in there since I've seen new models arrive. So um, I would, I, I would do. hope so. And I really don't like, I'm going to complain about uh, some of the share models that are like two and $300 and they still come with my micro B connections into the mics. <laughs> oh my God. No, just no, just no. I mean, I don't... go ahead. I think if you're making a microphone these days and you're doing something, not even a microphone, but just anything, it should be USB-C at this point. Totally. I mean, there's no reason why it shouldn't be. There's, no excuses. There's the most compatibility. It's the easiest to deal with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it's been around for long enough. You know, it's, it's time. Mm-hmm. So now let's get on to the WWDC stuff. And here's one thing that I want to talk to you guys about that I found very interesting. And that is, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Meta. Oh, God. Yeah, you know where it's going with this. <laughs> said that the Vision Pro is nothing spectacular. So I can it's tell because you... because he has an inferior product. Well, and I'm I, not being... I'm not being a fangirl when I say that. He just, he, you know, that's a fact. The MetaQuest is not as powerful. It doesn't have as many things it can do. But he he fell into what's being called the Steve Ballmer trap now. And what that means is Steve Ballmer, the CEO of Microsoft, said that the iPhone did not pose a significant threat to the the status quo. They, How's they, Windows Phone working out for you now, guys? Right. Uh, they both have said, you know, that the product of their time did not disrupt the industry. And I think that the Vision Pro will disrupt the industry just because somebody said it wouldn't. And, and that's what Apple's good at. It, it, it's like there are certain things you don't say, right? Nothing can go wrong now. Something's going to go wrong. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna if, if you're in a scary movie, I'm gonna go out and I'll be right back. You do, you don't do that. <laughs> there there's just things you don't say, and you don't say Apple's product is going is nothing spectacular. You just don't do that because Apple will just come back and say, "Oh yeah, we are Watch gonna me. prove you wrong," and mm-hmm. they will now. Or maybe he did it on purpose to see what kind of competition he can get with Apple. Maybe that was all done on purpose. What are y'all's thoughts on this? Well, I agree with you on you really shouldn't like talk like that about other companies. You know, you would think that there could be a little bit more, I don't know, insert word here. Professionalism? How about that? Yeah, would that be that a good too. word? Yeah, support. Um, yeah. But at the same time, that's the thing these days. I mean, it's a normal thing for big companies to, you know, talk BS to each other or about each other. You know, it just seems well, to Apple be... does it too. Look at how many times they diss other companies during the keynote. Exactly. You know, and other companies do it. You know, they right. all do it. So I, it's a pretty normal thing these days. My favorite one was when, not necessarily at other companies, but at journalists, when, when, uh, when Phil said, Apple can't innovate anymore. My something. (laughs) (laughs) He said that during a keynote and I could not believe that. That was just. (laughs) Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, I was very surprised. And, and he, he said some other statements, but that was kind of the, the headline. That, that was funny. You know, um, that Meta's, you know, creator, our, our CEO, is saying that I do think that um, that the Vision Pro is something new, something spectacular. And in a minute, Angie, I want to get your thoughts on that, but I, I, I want us to kind of go through and, and talk about everything. You know, we've, we've learned a lot since WWDC has been going. And, you know, at the beginning, we did not know if the Vision Pro headset would be accessible, if it would work with voiceover, if it would work for motor impairments, if it work, would work for people with, uh, who people, for people that can't move their eyes or things like that. And we got confirmation that there are 12 different accessibility features on this headset, which is a big deal to me. You know, there's like voiceover, there's zoom, there's hand motions, there's uh, assistive touch. I believe all, all of the major features that are on iPhone. Are and any on this combination, thing. I think mm-hmm. you can mix and match those as mm-hmm. well. Yes. Uh, voice, I, voice control. Yeah, voice control. So you could control the whole headset with uh, your voice. So you can also pair it to things like keyboards and such mm-hmm. as well. Keyboards and trackpads. Yep. Yeah. And and it will be able to be used as a as the display for your Mac. So like you'll see your display on your Mac turn off, and it will the like you'll see it on your wall. Which My biggest so cool. thought about this is that I want to see this thing eat Orcam and, and other other such devices for breakfast. Mm-hmm. I just do. Well, and you'll well, I want this to be my envisioning glasses. Oh yeah, like Orcam only does like a few tasks. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. going to be doing a lot exactly. more things than Orcam, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as, oh, as far as um, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, and for the price point, you know, yeah, you you get a lot more for your dollar. As far as Mark Zuckerberg, I think he had sort of a negative experience with the whole headset thing, like <laughs> the um, the VR headset that they were, what do they call that, um, metaverse or whatever. Well, which one? They have like three or four headsets. Yeah, that didn't work out so well, the metaverse, so maybe that's... Well, it's not that it didn't work out so well, it's just it doesn't have a big adoption, and that's because... The meta devices cause, I don't remember the term, but uh, uh, augmented reality illness, I think they call it, or or VR illness or something like that, where after you've been wearing a headset for so long, you will feel nauseated. Like it, but people that are are using this say that, uh, and this is interesting, they said they put it on and they took off the the Apple headset and they said that they, couldn't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Now that, folks, that is huge. And I believe yep. it was John Gruber who said that. And if you know anything about that guy, huge critic. Like mm-hmm. getting Very him critical. getting him to be satisfied takes a He's lot. He's a curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of is. Like getting wanna, him to be In happy. a good way, of course. Yeah. 
I want to come back around to what Angie was saying just for a quick sec. Angie was talking about the OrCam, which is a small little camera device that you could use it in your hand, but also it goes on the side of glasses and you put something out in front of you and it can read it to you. So for example, it can read to you, you know, some basic text. It can tell you what like a money paper bill is. So if you had like a $10 bill, you could hold it up and it will tell you, you know, hey, that's a $10 bill or a $5 bill. Mm-hmm. Now, the OrCam, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think it's like $2,000 somewhere yeah. in that range, $2,500, $4,000. Uh, $4, isn't it $4,500? $4, $4,500. Okay, so yeah. we're talking about a small little camera device that does a few basic tasks. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. $4,500. Yep. And then we're talking about the new goggles that Apple's coming out with at $3,500. Yes, that's a lot of money, but it does far more than this little camera device. In the grand scheme of things, you're getting a lot more. Yeah. yeah. And if you, so, think, if yeah. you think about, too, the eSight mm-hmm. is $6,000. That's right. Even the Patriot then, Viewpoint, which helps me see is over three thousand dollars. The Envision glasses are three, aren't they? As well, the, the thirty-five, thirty-six hundred dollars for the new. Yeah, version. they're the same price, and yeah, that's right. And the thing, the thing to think about here is they're coming in the first generation at thirty-five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So what that means is, over time, it's going to come down in price, and they're just starting at thirty-five hundred. So. You know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of few but years. Here's the problem. Okay. Here's the really big problem. I think for for me, Angie, and Taylor, they're gonna cost a lot more than thirty five hundred dollars. And and why why do y'all think that is? Well, because you're gonna upgrade every year, you know. No, 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 not even that. Not even that. No, I think it's I think it has to do with the prescription <laughs> lenses. Nope. Right? Nope. We won't we don't have nope. prescription lenses. You can ice. change the batteries. You can so you can just get like five or six <laughs> battery packs. <laughs> batteries. So now I did hear something really interesting about the battery pack. So yes, the battery pack at full charge gives you about two hours. Now, what you can do though is that you can plug the battery pack into any USB-C wall charger, and then you don't need to worry about it running out of battery. It'll go for as long as it's plugged in for. So um, there is a little bit of a bonus there. I think you can just plug it right into a wall charger. Not correct. Even need the battery. Right. So as long as you get, you know, uh, if you're going to be moving around, you might need a long USB-C cable. But other than that, you can keep it going without the battery and just have it plugged right in. But I'll tell you what, you get like four or five of those battery packs and you're good for the day. That's right. Something for your backpack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if you Somebody carry around a, a charger, you know, you can recharge them <laughs> up as you yeah. go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I'm I'm totally now. It would be cool if you could just plug a cable into any battery pack, right? Like get that big anchor uh, power bank thirty uh, twenty six eight hundred, yeah. and yep. and I'm, I bet that thing would keep it going for a good while. Get a power bank to charge your batteries, <laughs> no, or not even that. Just use a power bank to charge the just keep use the glasses that for going. the or- for the glasses. Yeah. I was thinking about that too. I wondered. I wondered if it was. Po- I wonder what the connector is. Well, I think it's, it's USB C. Is it USB C? Well, then yeah. One... Why couldn't you just use a power bank? I think it's USB C on one side, and it looks like almost like a watch charger that fits, you know, uh, better on the glasses uh, cool. itself. Mm-hmm. Nice. So it's all magnetic. 
mm-hmm. on the side of the glasses. Cool. Yep. Cool. So I, I, I don't know if it's magnetic or it snaps or if it's like stronger magnets, like, cause the watch magnets. Okay. But like they, MagSafe. They, they need, yeah, maybe MagSafe because they need something that's going to stay on and not eat. Cause uh-huh. that, that comes off your glasses and go. <laughs> they Ooh, yeah. just turn right off. So now, yeah, you know what? Be bad, be, wouldn't it? That would be, especially if you're like, say you're walking down the middle of a street, right? That <laughs> would be bad. That would be bad. I know. Could you imagine you're walking down the street and just instantly you're just like, yeah. <laughs> and like Ira capability with this thing. I mean, there, there's just so much that this could, this could potentially do and be for people. Mm-hmm. So Angie wasn't on our wrap up show. So I kind of want to get Angie's perspective on everything that, you know, you've heard, like what, what do you think about the 15-inch MacBook Air? Is it something you're interested in, or is it like, that's cool? It's cool. I'm, I'm, I've always been a pro person, so it, it, it isn't my thing. But, you know, I think, I think there's obviously a, a space for it. It, it, you know, it fits that niche of person who doesn't want to go for the 16-inch Pro, I suppose. And, you know, the Air is plenty enough uh, computer for, for most people. I'm just, I, I like the pros. You know, I'll be I'll be editing this podcast on my 13-inch Air. And I think that yeah. will be yeah. um, a good way to, deter- to determine if, like, you could do, like, podcast editing and things like that on a MacBook Air. People do it. I know mm-hmm. a, a few of them who do. And, yeah. it, you know, very well, very successfully. It's not like it, it struggles with it. Uh, video rendering might be mm-hmm. a different story, but yeah. podcasting uh, and audio and so, stuff is fine. I'm torn a little bit because I have a 16-inch MacBook Pro, and it's an amazing laptop, probably the best laptop I ever owned. It's just so powerful, and you can pretty much do anything with it. It's kind of like a portable desktop. But it is a little bit bigger and heavier to carry around, you know? Um, right. The 15-inch Air is kind of the perfect middle Man, it's not quite the MacBook Pro 16, but it's definitely larger and gives you a little bit more room than a 13-inch MacBook Air. So it's a good portable machine if you can get away with the work you need to do on an Air. Um, I think it has a lot of good use cases for that. Uh, definitely, I think for what I do, portability-wise, I think I can definitely get away with a 15-inch MacBook Air, but... Since I already have the 16, I think I'm going to stay with the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah, I, I think if you don't have one, that the Air would be good. And, I mean, they're thin. Like, I have super thin. Yeah. I have an Air because I want something, like, if I don't want to just bring up my Pro, I can have a small computer. That's why yep. I have one. And I feel like, like it would be thin as a 15-inch, and it would be interesting to have for some development, I would worry about breaking it almost because, you know, with with the iPhone, um, one of the iPhones, I think it was like the 6 or 6 Plus or one of those, we had Bendgate. Do y'all remember that? Yep, it was a 6. Mm-hmm. The 6, uh, no, was it? Yeah, the 6 Plus. Yeah. That's what it was. And I kind of worry about that on, on this machine. Like, what if you put it in a bag wrong and, you know, it just, you get a bent MacBook Air. You know, 
because that surface area is so long and thin. Yes, it is. You know, that would be or my only. You lean against your back the wrong way, or, or any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would worry about that too. Yeah. Be a little yeah. concerning. Yeah, that would that would be my only concern with that machine. But I think it's a great computer. I think that people will benefit from it. So choice again is a good thing. Definitely. So Angie, what about the uh what do you think of the and and we learned more about the Mac Pro. I think the Mac Studio was interesting, but the Mac Pro was also a new thing. So what were your thoughts on that? I'm glad they finally switched it from Intel so that the, the entire Mac line is is silicon now. Um so that's a good thing. Uh, I want to see it. I want to play with it. Now I don't know. I'm glad they, Go ahead. It's 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 modular, you know. Obviously, mm-hmm. like the pros tend to be, and that's a good thing. I like the fact that you have two two options for its casing. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good thing if if that's if that's something that you need to you know that people use. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that they actually gave you the option to do a rack mount case rack because mount for servers. Yeah, I mean, even if it's not for server, okay. you put it in there, and then you can load up your other rack-mounted devices if that's something mm-hmm. you have. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of haul around that case. It all kind of fits, you right. know, all together. You know, I you're, thought that you're was not, a really you're, great you're, idea. You're not going to haul that around. You're, it's huge. Yeah, you're, if it's rack-mounted, it's meant to be on a rack with five other machines of the same type. That's that's the whole point of that. It's a beast. Mm-hmm. The the one disadvantage of this model, or two disadvantages, is... No wheels? Do, I guess no. it doesn't. I don't know. But it doesn't... <laughs> it does not have... Like on the Intel one, you could get up to 1.5 terabytes of RAM. On this That's one, right. you could only get 192. And I think on the uh, regular case uh i don't think they changed the dimensions of it at all did they they did not so that means if they had wheels before then whatever wheels that they still currently sell know. would work at one thousand dollar wheels or however much they were yeah, five hundred you know? wheels yeah, yeah exactly so if they didn't that's why i was wondering if they didn't change the diameters of the case at all mm-hmm. the, the regular one not the rack mounted one then if they sold wheels before then you could still get the same wheels and you could the put it wheels on wheels work. and move it around and yeah. this machine the other disadvantage is this machine does not support graphics cards so what? if you wanted to put an nvidia graphics card you that you will better not work. build it wow. it, it won't work at all yeah, That's it will crazy. take PCI uh, cards, but not graphics, though. Mm-hmm. It does support PCI cards. And the example given that you could use, there's a 32 terabyte uh, PCIe card that you can get to expand the storage. And anybody want to take a guess about how much that costs? $2,000. Higher. Four grand. Lower. Three grand. 35. 35. Ding, 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 ding. And Angie gets the prize. <laughs> yep. So it's, it's around $3,500. Angie's closest to the, to the price. But it, it, it's actually not because, I mean, 30, like 32 terabytes, that's a lot of space. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's crazy huge. If, if you put six of those in there, 
Now, you could still put, I think, up to five drives in the machine still Mm -hmm. without having to do any extra expanding or anything. Mm -hmm. And you can add uh, cards that add graphics CUDA cores, like from NVIDIA. They just won't be able to be used as your graphics, but they could be used... Like, if you're using transcription with Whisper or other machine learning tasks, those CUDA cores could really come in handy, and uh, you could use them for machine learning and things like that. You just cannot use GPUs. It's expensive, but there's Mm -hmm. people out there who, you know, still would spend the money on that kind of a machine, and that would get a lot of use. $7,000 maximum is $12,000. So it comes in cheaper than the Intel. It does, but quite a bit. And is but, it with or without wheels? <laughs> don't know. I didn't. I didn't customize it. I heard it on a podcast. Have any of so. you actually seen those wheels? No, I in I, person I, I should, or in, in at all. In I person, should, I should go to the Apple Store and be like, "Hey, I want to see. I want to see the wheels. I want to see the wheels. The, yeah." <laughs> Show me your you know wheels. Would be really cool. <laughs> I want to feel the wheels. You know how people have <laughs> fancy cars them. and they like put fancy wheels on the cars. Mm-hmm. You should be able to like put design the colors and make the wheels like however you want and make them look really cool. Put on LEDs the on the on the MacBook. Oh on my the Mac god! Pro yeah. wheels and then like make yeah. them glow in the dark. Yeah, like, yeah. Rubber, rubber part LEDs. Yeah, you can have all that yeah. RGB. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. And then, fun. I guess you know. Those, oh, and go ahead. The, the the keynote was all about stickers and, and balloons too. That was yes. thing. You know, I've played with posters this week, uh, mm. and, and and contact oh. stuff. That's very interesting. Uh, yep. I don't exactly understand how they work, just because the UI is a little wonky in beta one. But mm-hmm. it it's pretty interesting. Like, I I made a. Like I took Taylor's uh, picture and put her on a different background, and that was interesting. Awesome. Um, now I heard that you can only have one card that you can bump to someone else. You can't have multiple. Now I know some people have personal information, business information. You might have a few different cards, but you only can bump one. I don't know if that's going to change so when you're, the you're GM comes about, out. You're talking about name drop. And I haven't tried that, so I'm not sure how all of that works. I don't have anyone here to try it with. No, I don't have any mm-hmm. other beta testers. I'm kind of excited available. about I'm, I'm really excited about the continuous airdrop, though. So if you go out of Me range. too. That yeah, is really cool. That's freaking neat. Finally. Yes. Because yep. how many times have you done that? Mm-hmm. You're, you're transferring something, and then you forget and leave the house, and you're like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. It turned off Even if I'm sending through. it from my phone to my Mac, it doesn't have to be sending it to someone else. But, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, one thing, we have to move on through these things, but one thing that I do want to report on is people have done some awesome stuff. So on macOS Sonoma, there is a game porting tool that we've heard about, right? Nice. Yep. But there is a caveat. No. What's the caveat? People have already hacked the crap out of it. Mm. because it's open source it's open source and so what people have already done is 
They have installed Steam using the game porting tool, the Windows version of Steam, and they have downloaded all of, like, all of the DirectX 12 games that never could have been supported before, like Hogwarts Legacy and others. <laughs> and they're just playing them wow. on their Macs now with this wow. game porting tool. Mm. And I'm super excited. I, I want to do this. I, I want to set yeah, this up. totally. Because... Uh-huh. I mean, if you could do that, what other Windows applications can you run? From what I understand, it's using basically Wine, uh, like the Windows emulation layer, to uh, run these things. But Apple, well, I, I've heard it. That's what it's using. It's something you, similar. But Apple built their own, and it works with DirectX 12. And you know, it's a it's there so that developers can you know try their games to see how well they'll work and what they need to optimize and whatnot. But you know, what are the specs you need to run? What do you mean? Minimum specs to be able to utilize that tool. Any M chip. Oh, any so Apple Silicon go. chip. Yep. So you can even do a base model like M1, yeah. 8 gigs, you're good? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That's good. And because, and because the... It, it, well, okay. I will say that games do not run the best on like the M1 Air. I played Minecraft with the, the graphics set to the maximum and the Mac OS would just say, nope, too much resources, you're gone. But the M2 Air works just fine. Hmm. So the M1 Pro and M1 Max work fine with it, but uh, the M2 Air will do just fine with uh, like heavier duty games. So. Nice. That's pretty exciting. Like the fact that Apple built that was like, really? <laughs> They're surprising us this year. Yes, like, quite a lot. And and they were different on Apple. On Apple esque decisions. There are so many little things like that are just like, wow, Apple did. But again, when Apple does it, they do it well. Yeah. So the That's OSs sure. are neat. Um, you know, we talked about those. And Angie, since you weren't here, Vision Pro, buying one. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to go play with one first, and I'm probably going to walk out of the store with one if, <laughs> if I can. I always, I always say I'm going to, you know, no, I'm not going to buy anything. I'm going to just go play with it. I want, I want to go look. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you typically you can't go to Apple and just look. Yeah, I. I was doing my game stream and <laughs> or, Taylor was saying I don't she, have any I don't have any impulse control when it comes to Apple so, mm-hmm. or tech generally. Taylor was going to go to the Apple store today but she uh, couldn't get something scheduled so I said uh I said uh you know I want to go to the Apple store but I'll probably buy something and I said uh when I want to go in, when I go in the Apple store I want to buy the whole store. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a fun it's like it's like Disney for tech people. Yes. You know, the Microsoft store was like that too. Yeah, and, it was. And and we and went there. Is, yeah, we did. It was yeah. fun. It was. And they, they had a magic about their stores too. They, they did. They just didn't have a lot of people to go in, and that's why they closed them. But they had so many different uh, choices. Not just you know one brand, but they had so many different brands. You could just HP, Dell. Asus, all you could just look at them all, and people knew about these things. So I kind of missed that. And they enjoyed the 
their products, you mm-hmm. know, they enjoyed what, what, what was there, mm-hmm. which is really good. To, and they knew their, their stuff. I mean, how many times, I, I, you know, have you gone into an Apple store and people just don't have a clue as to what the hell their, their stuff is? That, that's, that's unfortunate. Even some of the, some of the genius people. I, like, I remember one time I, uh, recently my, my family was visiting and I, we went to the Apple store and I bought a HomePod. And my mother is not tech centric. She doesn't know how much this stuff costs. So she sees $300 and she just her, like eyes bug out and she's like, <gasps> that's cheap for an Apple product. So I mean, considering that's, uh, that's right. probably the one of the cheapest Apple products you can get. It's one of the definite low ends. And the Apple employee looked at me and said, I don't let my mother see my Apple purchase. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was just so hilarious. Like, like, wow. <laughs> so it, you know, Apple stuff is expensive, but you know, you're getting a good thing. And, you know, we, we, there's so many more things that we can't really go through with WWDC because a lot of it is, well, for one thing, very technical for two, there's too many things to unpack for it. So I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of this stuff as time goes on. And, you know, another Apple thing that is very interesting. And I want to point out who's watching silo. I am. Marty and and Lynn, have y'all heard of it? I've heard of it, but no, I'm not watching it. But okay. I know that I think I think it was mentioned on the last is someone's pick, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Well, it's I also, have heard of it, but mm-hmm. I'm not watching it right now. It's a very good show. It is now the top show on all streaming services at the moment. Nice. Which oh. is actually an With interesting thing because uh, how many shows are on multiple streaming services at the same right. time? Right. So mm-hmm. that's very interesting. You know, uh, it's a good show. It's, I like the books better, but it is good. The books, I do too. But that's because I'm a, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a reader, but the show is super good. There's been one, what was it that I liked better as a show than books? It was fairly, oh, His Dark Materials was a very good adaptation of the books. It was, I haven't finished the third season but I really like the show. Cool. Because instead of using like um, an older t- uh, current day, uh, it was written in like there's helicopters in, in our world and things like that instead of being older uh, 1800s, I believe. I think that's huh. the, the time of day that like the, the time zone they use for uh, current world in uh, his dark materials. I love those books. And then there's going to be like, there's a lot of questions like how will all apps work on the Vision Pro? Will they not? So I think they are. I think all apps will be able to be downloaded. So we're going to have to see Microsoft Office we know works on there. I'm sure Pages, Numbers, and Keynote. Oh, before we wrap up, I want to share an Apple Watch tip. Uh, And and this is kind of goes to the whole something I found in the betas because everybody's talking about these things. One of the things that's coming that I want to uh, talk about is really cool. 
I hate the grid view of apps on the Apple Watch. List. Yeah, list is the way to go. Yes, that is the way to go. But a new feature, a little bitty thing that's coming is there's a new button at the bottom of the list and the bottom of the grid to switch between the two. It's wonderful. Ooh. Uh-huh. Switch so, between the two in the sense of whether you want to see a list or grid view. It'll right. let you just switch right on the fly mm-hmm. there. Yep. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Super excited about that. It's a little thing, but it's so helpful. Mm-hmm. That is super cool. And then, does anyone want the grid view? I mean, everyone switches to list and go, not everyone. Oh, how come I didn't know about this? Not everyone. There's a lot of people that use the grid view. Hmm. It's more of a visual thing, but I, I prefer list. Me too. Me too. It's cleaner. I just like it better. And I love the, yeah. the, the widgets, like being able to just, you know. Okay, how do you get to the widgets? Just turn your digital crown. That's the all. People who, for mm-hmm. the people. And you do the same little flick up or flick down if you're using voiceover? All you have to do is turn the digital crown, and even with voiceover, they come up. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. You can do a two-finger flick up uh, to do that. And the side button now does your control center. So I, I like it better. You could do a two, uh, like a double tap of the crown to bring up recent the crown apps. To get, get and to I think that's yeah, the same as the dock. Yeah. Did I never it change the that. way the control center looks, or is it the same? Same thing. You know, we, we got rumors that the control center on the iPhone would be updated, but it never was. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens by the time uh, GM comes out. Oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't think You don't think see. it'll change at all? Mm-mm. Nope. Mm. That was a big rumor going around. People mm-hmm. thought they really were going to change it. Mm-hmm. And Just we, goes to show you. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't count on rumors. I really don't. No. And Especially we don't, where Apple's concerned. Just don't. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the journal app yet. I want to play with that. I want that too. I'm sure we'll get it soon enough. Mm-hmm. So there's day some, one. There's some, right. <laughs> we didn't day get it one. day one. Hey, that's why they didn't we give didn't it to us in the first one. beta because we nope. they didn't. <laughs> it's not really day one. <laughs> they didn't want to give us a, give it to us day one. Day one. <laughs> well, I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting that now. <laughs> Waiting with bated breath for day one. Oh, I'm, I'm tweeting that joke now. That is hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Oh. All the day one puns. Tech humor oh, is my. great. Yep. Tech humor is great. Day so, one puns and the people who get it get them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I think that's gonna we we've gone over our we're gonna have to change up our uh you know, on our we have our um Jeez, that's stuff I got to talk about again. We have so many things that are happening this week. So, so many things. Uh, IACast has had uh, some several changes. If you go and subscribe to um, IACast podcast on YouTube, you will now get all of these live streams and you will get our finished podcasts on our uh, YouTube channel. And speaking of channels, we now have a Apple Podcasts channel, so you can go and look at your channels and see the IA cast and, you know, the nine shows that are connected to it. <laughs> so, very, I did not realize we had that many, but we do. So, check that out. 
And there's all new branding and all all new things with that. And we're also looking at uh, changing the IACast uh, network radio station to be called IACast Radio. So be expecting that. But what I was going with this is we're going to have to, you know, change the scheduling because we only allow for an hour for the IA cast. And well, four weeks We've in a row. We've been going over that. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone over. It's my fault since I joined, you know. No, no I'm, I'm the same way. I'm a blue aviator myself, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> no, we just have a lot of great content. The, the tech we news. Do. The tech news is just. It's huge right now. Yeah. This time yeah, of year that's is, the thing. Everything's especially. happening at once. I think that's part yeah. of it. And you know what? Yeah. We we didn't it all even, kind of culminates in WWDC. So we didn't even talk about Chat GPT for iPad and shortcuts. Oh we'll have to save God. that till next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that more next time. And shortcuts make, has gotten some interesting stuff lately. Mm-hmm. And and a rewrite in seventeen. So yes, all the things that you could look forward to next time on next week on the IA Cast. But as we always do. Marty, what's your pick for this time, and where can people find you online? My pick for this time is called ACB Link. And yes, the app has been around for a while, but there's a brand new version that was just released in the past few days. And it works great with voiceover. It gives you all kinds of information about ACB Link. I mean, ACB uh, community and affiliates and the streaming. It's a really good app. It works on Mac with voiceover as well as iPhone and iPad. So definitely go check that out. And I will also say it was designed by our own Michael Doy. So do you want to chime in anything there, Michael? Yeah. I was about to say, I think I, I think I know the guy who made that. Yeah, yeah. You did a really great job with it. It's awesome. So check that out. You want to say anything uh, along with what I said? Yeah, it's just a cool app. You can check out the podcast for ACB, hear all the streams, very easy interface. It's been streamlined a lot. Uh, There'll even be more push notifications in the app. So be on the lookout for those. If you want to get information as soon as it's available about the American Council of the Blind, you can get it in that app, and it is fantastic. Yep, you did a great job with it, so congratulations. Thank you. And you can find me on Mastodon, Marty at unmute.community. All right, and Lynn, what is your pick, and where can people find you online? Yeah, my pick today is something that, you guys might have heard of it's been around for a while it's called nebula and i use it on my phone it's sort of a youtube um type platform but it allows more of the proceeds to go to the creators so there are a lot of different podcasts and and like if you don't have enough to listen to right now. <laughs> but there are some really interesting things on there. And basically the idea behind the the app is to um, incentivize and um, reward the creators. So more of the money that the app generates goes to the cre- creator. Isn't it more of content. an education app? It is, but it has some... Um, 
I have I listen to a few that talk about news, that talk about news events, world events going on, hmm. and s- I really enjoy the content on there. Um, and it is a subscription, um, but you can pick a plan that I think it's like two dollars a month or two yeah, fifty it's very a month cheap. or something. It's mm-hmm. not expensive, yeah. And you know, if you don't like it, you can always stop it. But it, it just has a lot of interesting content on there. And again, it's more focused on, you know, the creators, the content creators mm-hmm. being subsidized better. Renee Rich used to uh, publicize about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just another thing to um, take up your time, <laughs> just in case you don't have enough mm-hmm. to listen to. But I know that Nebula is available on the iPhone. I'm not sure if it's available in any other it is. I imagine it is. Mm-hmm. But and you can find me. My name is well, you can Kane Prince, C-A-N-E-P-R-I-N-T-S at hotmail.com. Okay. And Angie, what about you? I don't have a pick yet, but you can find me online. Uh I'm working on one. But that's the thing. So maybe next week I'll have one. Or I will have come to terms with, yeah, anyway. Um, you can find me online at Tech Enthusiast, uh, dragonscube.space. Excellent. So, Yay. my pick. What's that? Yay. Yep. So, my pick for this week. Oh, let's see. I, I've been trying to think of one, and I thought I had one, and I lost it. <laughs> I had the same thing. I, was, I, I, was I think I'm going to go with. Oh, I think I'm going to go with Minecraft 1.20. It came out this week. Nice. I played it most of today, five hours. I did not find. <laughs> it was on YouTube, so you could look at my channel, Michael Doe's, and see the stream. Uh, there was two streams: one with Ecam that did not work, and. The oh, second one, I used Zoom, and that worked great. And which I need to really think about now, because if I'm streaming, then our, some of our other rooms won't work. So I need to figure out a solution there. Anyway, so I have not gotten into any of the 1.20 content yet, so that's kind of a bummer. But I started a new world, and, and it was really fun. So... Minecraft 1.20 Trails and Tales update. So, if... And there are mods to make it more accessible. I don't believe there's a way to make it fully compliant for folks with no vision, unfortunately, yet. But I think people may come up with a way to do it eventually, if not the company. So, hopefully that happens. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm Mike Doeys on most platforms. That's Mike Doeys on Twitter. That's Mike Doeys at iCloud.com. Mike Doeys at TechOpolis.social. And I'm on Facebook as Michael Doeys. Discord now as Mike Doeys. So it's now all uniform. So you can add me on any of those platforms. And we also have, I have my personal YouTube channel at Mike Doeys. Uh, we have this channel uh, for IACast at IACast Podcast. We're putting a lot of great content. We may even start doing some short uh, tips 
on the channel. So be looking out for that. One minute long accessibility and mainstream tips. So that will be fun. I'm, I started doing programming uh, shorts on my personal channel. So those are starting up. And so we'll be doing other content. And so we're, we're, we're rolling out all kinds of things now. So keep on the lookout on IACast and we will be back next week with a new episode. I want to thank everybody for being here on YouTube, everybody for listening to the podcast and all of our great panelists here to talk about all this good news. And I have a feeling I could be wrong, but I have a feeling we're going to have another topic next week that is not WWDC related. <laughs> I, I, I imagine so. Something but you never in, know. Something inevitably will happen in tech that uh, will demand our interest. So yeah. we'll see you all next week. And thanks again for listening. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the IA cast. We hope you enjoyed the show and found the conversation to be insightful and informative. If you have any feedback or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at feedback at IACast.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at IACast Network to stay informed about new episodes and other updates. Don't forget to check out more great podcasts on the IACast Network, IACast.net. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.